Hello, it's Margaret here, which means uh, it's another episode of Crushed. Hooray! Uh, Thank you so much for listening, even if it's just up until this point, and then you switch me off. It's fine, I appreciate it all. Uh, Speaking of which, I'm in a bit of a mood because I've lost... I haven't lost it yet, but um, I'm locked out of my Twitter account which is just more depressing than I would have expected. Because actually, I should be one of those um, very holy people who just got rid of it when it became a bit of a hellhole. Uh, and certainly when Elton bought it, that was uh, that would have been a good time to flounce off. But, you know, and the main thing that I'm sad about is that it has had an effect on people finding this. So um, I will ask you, I'm sorry, I am that guy. I will ask you to tweet, like, subscribe, um, rate, review. How many other ways are there of putting this? Um, tell your friends, tell your pets. Uh, don't bother telling your pets, they're all idiots. Um, but yeah. I'm going to try and get Twitter back, but uh, if I don't, um, then please go to at crushed by MCS um, and we're going to try and get the numbers up there, which might cheer me up. Oh, is this a bit sad? Um, I hope not. And I hope you enjoy today's episode, uh, which I absolutely loved recording. I mean, that's the good thing, even when I'm sad about not uh, increasing my hashtag numbers. Uh, I do really, really love doing this show and I really love that you're listening. Um, Please do go to Substack for um, more of these ramblings, but on written form. Thank you very much. Here's the show. Hello and welcome to Crushed by Margaret Caborn smith a podcast about the horrors and heroics of unrequited love. My guest today is the brilliant author and journalist, Otega Uwagba. Hi, Otega. Hi, Margaret. Very, Hi. very excited to be here. Yeah, we have a friend in common in Dolly Alderton, and she said about you, she might be the only person I've ever met who is as obsessive about her crushes as I am. God, she's really, and she's really given that me that's... there, hasn't she? I was going to come on here and play it cool, but yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, it's really the wrong podcast for that, I have to say. <laughs> um, so does that mean that you still get crushes in the same way you did when you were young, or is it different? All the time, all the time. I mean, I think, Margaret, let's be honest, I did notice that you reached out to me immediately after I tweeted about having a new crush. A couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I have crushes. Um, that crush is now, it's sort of dissipated a little bit. My Oh, amazing. Plan, so it's, yeah. it's that quick? Well, I think I very proactively was like, kill it with fire, you know? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want this crush. So, yeah. And was that a real person? I mean, obviously, they're real people. But, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it was actually Gandalf. Um, no, it was, it was a real person, yeah. But, you know, it was just, sometimes you kind of notice someone. And you're like, oh, hello, you're a bit, bit of all right. But it was kind of just, it was a low-level crush, um, yeah. Okay. All right, so what happens with um, high-level crushes? Well, Dolly hears about it. That's one thing. <laughs> so I do WhatsApp all my friends. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time I had, like, a proper, proper crush. I think, I mean, this is really sort of just... I'm sure what most people do, but I just go quite deep on the kind of internet stalking, the Instagram. We're talking tagged photos, not just the ones they've uploaded. Um, oh, wow. At, oh, know, yes. Their, their mum, their brothers, sister-in-law, you know, just trying to find any little nugget of information about them. You do need to be careful, though. There's a former guest of this show, who I won't name, who accidentally tagged herself into an ex-boyfriend's photo, oh tagged God. herself as his new baby. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that's um, that's revealing too much. She was saying it. She, obviously, she deleted it really quickly, she but she said he would have noticed. I think she was clicking on it. And I think there is, like, I think it's Facebook. I think there's a thing yeah, that you just click, you know, you double click. 
No, and I'm quite careful. So also it's like when you're showing <laughs> you have to a picture to a friend or showing them to a friend, it's very much like you hold the phone <laughs> and it's like, don't touch the screen. Don't touch the screen. <laughs> That's the kind of vibe. So I don't think I've made that kind of mistake. But also it is quite fraught because the more kind of esoteric you get, the further away the connection, the further back in time you get, the higher the stakes are if you accidentally like something. Yes. If you accidentally like something from two weeks ago, fine. If you're in 2016, <laughs> you know, that's all good. Yeah, this is the thing that I didn't have to worry about when I was younger. You know, I was, I am not a digital native, so I never had to do any of that. I mean, and I'm so lucky because I was genuinely really obsessive. In fact, I spoke to a friend of mine about... Um, and I was saying how awful it was, you know, how I was r- ranting about social media. And I was saying, but I'm so pleased we didn't have it when we were at university. And she said, no, but imagine how the stalk- how we could have stalked the boys we liked. It's no. like we could have tracked down everyone we mm. wanted to see on a Saturday night. No, I think you're right that it's better because it just removes so much of the mystery. And actually, I think when I do generally feel like I like someone, I try and kind of hold myself back and not do that. It removes so much of the mystery it's horrible, let's say, like, meeting up with someone, you already know loads of shit about them, and, like, it makes you feel like a bit of a creep. Like, I think, ideally, that wouldn't be the case. I wouldn't do that. But sometimes you just kind of... you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, so these... So I'm presuming... So categories of crushes. So presumably there are people that you're like, realistically, I know I'm not going to get together with this person or are you never realistic I I think realism goes out the window when it comes to some of my crushes I remember so Dolly is someone who is as equally obsessed with Timothy Chalamet as I am and I remember a while ago being like I should stop tweeting about him because if and when I do meet him what if he goes on my Twitter because I I if I meet when I meet him I want to kind uh, yeah. of pretend. I'm glad that you're changing it. You, I, I noticed you're slipping the when in with yeah. the if. So, and now there's a when. It's just a hard when. Exactly. When I meet him, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not going to pretend to not know who he is, but I'm not going to be like, I'm an obsessive fan. That's kind of how I think about it. So I'm just gonna be like, yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple of your films. Yeah, I really like it. But so he can't then go on to my social media or my Twitter or anything like that and find Yeah, because presumably... Actually- he would get onto your Twitter and then scroll back to 2016 and look at everything that you've ever said exactly. or done because he exactly. would be just as obsessed with you. Exactly. So that's um, the dream. I have to kind of play it quite carefully with old Timmy, but we'll see. <laughs> Does he like Timmy? As a, I can't imagine people calling him Timmy. Weirdly, I have. I have actually seen. I have observed in uh, careful some footage. <laughs> I've watched online that occasionally those those in his inner circle seem to call him Timmy actually. Um, okay. So I think it's something that could work to, yeah. to me and him. Yeah. And how about the old? <laughs> I just slipped on out, which is fine because he is definitely younger than me. Um, yeah. But Mind yeah, games. We'll, we'll see. Just Timmy. Timmy. Okay. All right. So he's he's up there. Is he like a sort of constant at the moment? Do you know what it is? I. I wouldn't say he's my type, but I watched Call Me By Your Name, as did many other people did it. And I just went along like to the cinema by myself during the day, whenever it came out, and I was like, it's a movie people have been talking about. And I think it's such a gorgeous love story and so impactful. And I was sobbing at the end. Like I literally I had to wait in the cinema <laughs> for everyone else to leave because I'd gone in wearing mascara. And I just knew that my face looked puffy and like a scar running down my face. And I was just like, I don't want anyone to see this. Um, and I think after that, I kind of imprinted on him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's interesting. The thing about you being on your own and, and you know, watching on your own and, not, and, and him not being a usual type. It suddenly feels like it's a very personal thing to you. No, that's how I felt. But for like a month afterwards, I just felt quite heartbroken by that movie and by like the concept of him because I think it has it's not like a tragedy but it has just such a moving narrative and ending and like I would listen to the soundtrack for it and just like walk around crying like I would do that to myself so 
I think he's got a special place in my heart. Timmy does, but um, yeah, not my usual type. Yeah, but as I say, I wonder if that makes it more special that he's not your usual type, and you end you end up thinking, oh no, this this must be this must mean something. It feels more pure, like it's more of a sort mm. of intellectual soul to soul kind of meeting of minds, as opposed to physical. Which I don't I don't know. I feel like he looks like a twig. He'd like snap under the weight of me. So I don't know. <laughs> And sobbing in public as well. Let's not underestimate the um, the power of that. That's a real, you know, it's a moment, isn't it? Yeah, actually, I find that I... So if I feel like a movie is going to be kind of have a bit of an emotional punch, I prefer to go and watch it by myself. So I did that with that. I did that with Lady Bird, Girlhood, all these movies. Also, I kind of love a coming-of-age movie as well. Um, and I feel like I just feel a bit more self-conscious if I'm sat next to someone, even if it's like a really good friend. So I will go and watch a movie like that, especially when I think I feel like I need a good cry and just kind of let it all out. Um, And just there's no kind of, is anyone looking at me? Are you okay? Like, wow, you're you're really reacting quite (laughs) strongly to this. Um, So I'll do that. I'll do that a lot. And that was definitely one of those films. Yeah, I totally get that. In fact, sometimes when I go to cinema with someone else, I feel like it's a, it's a slightly awkward thing that we're not talking and we're sitting and watching this thing. And there's someone next to me. Yeah, I mean, there's friends been times and I'm not where talking to friends have invited me to go to the cinema to watch a film I want to watch. And I'd be like, oh, no, I'm good. And then just go and watch it by myself. Like, it is actually yeah. a thing that I really enjoy doing. Um, no, I think you're totally right. Yeah. I saw um, You Can Count On Me. I don't know if you've seen no, that. No, I haven't film it's a, a Laura Linney Mark Ruffalo oh. um uh pre Manchester by the Sea that writer okay. anyway I went to see it and I didn't know anything about it but I went in the day on my own and it just happened that everyone else in there there's probably about 20 people in there and everyone else was on their own and I remember at the end of it and I think I had had a, a cry I do really really love that film um, but I, I nearly stood up at the end and said, shall we all go and have a talk about that? <laughs> I felt like we'd all bonded somehow. I managed to stop myself. I was myself. about to say, I feel like that would be when the kind of fantasy shattered as all these Brits just kind of look at you and are just like, no, nah, I don't. Like, yeah. here's this weird lady, like, who just shut yeah, up quietly. Exactly. And I, when I saw Pride, I really, I had to do that thing of waiting till the end of the credits with Pride because I was crying so much. And in that cinema, there was only, there were two people who I think were on quite an early date. Oh. And I think I ruined that date for them. I could see them looking at me as they left. Just a helpless should woman like, should, we, should we check on her or is that <laughs> awkward? I don't think cinemas, I don't think movies are a great early date because you want to talk to someone. So, yeah. and also like a film, like it's quite long, two and a half hours. Like I generally will go and watch that with a friend. If I'm going to see it someone, I'll watch it with a friend. We'll have like a quick drink afterwards, if that, and then both piss off home. But I don't think it's a great, yeah. it's quite a long evening if you go and yeah. like watch like, you know, two and a half, three hour movie and then go and do something afterwards. So and I think then, you have to. Yeah, taking it apart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So speaking of which, when you go on dates... Um, do they tend to be, so you say that you don't, you try to stop yourself from looking them up. Like if you're excited about a date, do you develop a crush on them or do you try and think, let's keep this more in the real world? Oh, I, I go all the way. I'm thinking about, oh, should we get married in France or <laughs> Italy? I have noticed that family seems to have a second home in France, so that could work quite well for Penny. It does look quite small, so I just like completely let my um, let my imagination run wild. If I'm being really honest, like I was about to play it cool and be like, no, 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 I'm cool. But I'm like, especially if the date goes well, I'm thinking, now don't get ahead of yourself. But could you spend the rest of your life with this person? <laughs> no, I'm glad you say that. I think that that is the fun of it. That's absolutely how it totally. should be. <laughs> Okay, so tell me about your how this all began then. Who was your first crush? Can you remember? Um, it's funny, when you asked to do this this podcast, I kind of sat down and like made a list on my phone of like all the crushes that I've ever had that I can remember, like meaningful crushes. Yeah. And right at the top of it, <laughs> looking at it now, right at the top of it, it just says, Peter Andre, question mark, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> 
Are those question marks a lie? I take no, it. because I'm really? not entirely sure. So I had quite a few questions as a kid. But when I was thinking about it, I was like, I remember so clearly being a kid. And I must have been about six or seven. And it was when Mysterious Girl came out. And you've seen that music video. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've seen a documentary about um, it as well. Yeah. He's topless. He's oiled up. And I, do you know what I remember at that age, watching it when it came on like Top of the Pops or something like that, and just sort of feeling like I shouldn't be watching it, like feeling like it was like <laughs> a little bit naughty, but also wanting to watch it. So like, I wouldn't go so far as to say that Peter Andre was my sexual awakening, but I would say I think that's the first time I remember, I guess just being aware of kind of adult lust I guess or just kind of that kind of like desire or just like not even adult but like desire for the opposite sex I think it was Peter Andre which I hate I hate <laughs> but I have to be honest well, no but it was such a moment and it was such a like it, it's really weird isn't it to be so defined by a part of your body <laughs> but that was really like that oiled up chest it's a lot. So it's a lot. It's a lot. Even now, as like even now as an adult, if I you know were to go back and watch that, you are just it's just like flesh. And also, I think it's really playing. Do you know what I actually quite like about it is that it's really playing into a kind of female fantasy. And yes, he's being objectified, but it's just really fun, kind of like for female gays. Obviously, I wasn't thinking all of this as like a six-year-old, but like now <laughs> as an adult, I'm like I kind of like the fact that. Because often in music videos, it's like women who are oiled up and, yeah. you know, whatever. But that was just a really, like, I can't imagine what it was like to, let's say, be a bit older, let's say in my teens or 20s at the time that came out and being like, and he was like a heartthrob, wasn't he? At yeah. that point in time. Yeah, so oh, proper. I quite like the fact that it was just so, unash- I mean, he's literally like writhing under a waterfall. Um, and it's a great song as well. I really like that song. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, a big old drop off after that yeah sadly where, where is he now because then he married jordan he did Should I say yeah. Katie Price? well yes i assume he married Katie price yeah i don't know yeah it was um he seems very sweet and the documentary i watched about him he was he had real mixed feelings about getting his torso out you know i, I think because he was like as you say it was fun like he found it fun he enjoyed it I think he sort of said I well I really worked on looking like that so it didn't seem like a um that he also acknowledged if he hadn't done it then it wouldn't be iconic no definitely I've I've heard similar things from D'Angelo so you know he had that iconic music video in the 90s Mm -hmm. which was just like going down I forget what the name of the song is but going down his body and then just stopping just short before you see anything x-rated and that you know he became like a huge heartthrob off the back of that and like his career and he's such a talented musician but he then disappeared for a couple of decades i think and when he came back he said that he found that attention really hard to deal with and also being seen as a sex object where especially d'angelo he is like a really serious talented musician there's all these references and all of that and he said that he really struggled with it and became quite depressed about it so Maybe I shouldn't take such unabashed glee in it, but I definitely think... Um, <laughs> well, I think you can forgive the six-year-old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, so, what you, that's what you should do. Okay, so, day. well, let's do let's do one without question marks then. Okay. Who was the first one that was... You're going to love this. Yeah. Okay. Because I, 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 it's so funny, I was telling a friend about this and I was like, why don't I tell everyone about this? But my first, like, proper IRL crush was a boy in my school at prime in my class at primary school who has now gone on to become pretty famous and i I know i'll tell you he is in a second but he was in my class very excited like year five year six his name was thomas and he was like quite i think i'm trying to remember why i had a crush on him but i think it was because he was quite quiet and quite I guess at the time I perceived him as being like quite intelligent um, Mm -hmm. and he was a bit more reserved. Um, And so I kind of had this huge crush on him, never really spoke to him. He was quite shy. I think every time I sort of approached him, he just kind of like 
started away, basically. Um, Because he was about 10. And I was probably quite (laughs) quite full on. Um, But then I remember a couple of years after that, I turned on, or I was watching a movie. It was was the Sugar Babes song, Too Lost in You. And that's a soundtrack for Love Actually. And this is Thomas Sangster Brody, who then played the little boy in Love Actually, who ran... Oh my god! He was my first ever crush. Oh my god! And that's incredible. And he's now gone on because I think he's in. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but my understanding is he's in it. And he was in the Queen's Gambit as well. Yeah, he was in the Queen's Gambit. Anyway, last summer, I was at this quite fancy party um, at the Serpentine, and I saw him arrive. And I was like, "It's so funny! Like we've never bumped into each other besides this." And I was like, "I had a few drinks," and I was saying, "And I was like, you know, I'm gonna." I'm going to go over there and tell him that he was my first, he's going to love it, first childhood crush. I think luckily for me, because I had had a few drinks, by the time, I just, it was a huge party and so I didn't see him again after that. And he'd also like rocked up with his gorgeous, you know, beautiful girlfriend, whoever she's now, I think she's also an actress. And I didn't find him, I was like quite bummed and Anna was oh, like, do you no. know, I think it's for the best because you are <laughs> on one. And I also think you elbowing your way across to him like in your head, you're like, listen, this boy I went to school with, but he's actually like a bit of a celeb now and probably gets lots of girls kind of throwing themselves at him in various ways and his girlfriend or wife or whatever is standing right there. So it's probably for the best you didn't go over oh. to him. But it's, yeah, it's quite like strange whenever I see like a picture of his face in a magazine or like on Yeah, that's Netflix really. Homepage. But he was acting even back then. I remember it took bits of time yeah, off school. Well, how old was he? Yeah, so that was that was pre Love Actually. Yeah, so that that's crush, interesting. That's... I I fancied him before he was famous. Um, I'd like to point out. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. Then he kind of you win that. Yeah, and then he sort of did some a bit a few bits of when we were at school, I think. And then obviously we went to different schools, and I never saw him again until I like opened up my TV, and there he is standing there. Oh my Isn't god! I mean, yeah. Next time, go before you have the drinks yeah <laughs> go over because I think right, you're right, right, it, right like right, he might have been right. alarmed and ducked away uh, as he did when you were 10 as well but to be fair seeing someone you went to primary school with that that's always a like that would be a big deal yeah I think that for me was the huge excitement because I wanted to go over and be like do you remember this teacher do you remember that teacher and like Where yeah you going to school? but I think <clears throat> I sort of rem- like I guess I don't see him as like a bit of a celebrity or like quite a big celebrity yeah and I guess he sort of is now, and so it might come across as slightly different. So yeah, drunk, drunk woman, drunk me being like, I had a, it's also <laughs> trying to like explain a line where it's yeah. like oh, I used to have a crush on you, and then um, so we'll see. Maybe our paths will cross again. Well, that nuts? would be so good. Um, uh, it's funny you saying that about having a crush on someone who because they're quiet and reserved. I was thinking this about um, a, a guy I had a, a, a crush on quite a bit later than that but I I remember thinking I always think that quiet people I think that they're really um really clever and I think that they're slightly judging me and I remember saying that to a friend of mine and he said no 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 um we just can't think of anything to say (laughs) you know you you need to remember that so true and I think it's something that women really do where we project all this kind of intellect and mystery and, and seriousness something like that I can think of crushes I've had sort of throughout my life where it's like oh someone's like a bit quiet a bit more reserved and like that must mean that, you know they're guarding some sort of like precious pearls of wisdom and you know once I think it's also a bit of a movie trope like you know or like a TV trope like once you kind of crack the surface and get to know them yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. and you wouldn't just look quiet they don't have anything to say maybe they're boring you know but I think it's definitely a thing that I've done in the past where I project this whole persona this whole personality into someone who isn't really giving me very much and then yeah and it's just I think that's quite a female trait actually I don't know if that's really gender thing to say I am no not at all I think um I saw a comedian uh, Jarlath Regan talking about um being Irish and saying that in Ireland the women are like, oh God, they're so they're so Irish. They're over mammied, is the is the phrase he used, and sort of said, you know, talking about what a nightmare they were. And he said, but an Irish man, as soon as he moves abroad, just his accent will make him seem like he is soulful and mysterious and charismatic, you know. And it it's so interesting, all of that projection, isn't it? It adds at least, I think, two points. 
an Irish accent <laughs> to a guy. Yeah. Um, and I have had like Irish friends, like girlfriends who have kind of been, I guess, a little bit dismissive and they're like, honestly, like, you know, you like was Irish or like, or they're not as impressed by the accent as literally everyone yes, else exactly. in the world. And so they're, and also I think they also see men using it to their advantage. Oh yeah. And they're thinking back home, you'd be a five or a six. <laughs> what I'm more aware of now, as you know, age goes on, I'm like, there has to be more than, and like, <laughs> put that to one side. Like there has to be, I think I'm better. Like, what is this person actually saying? What's their personality? Okay, so after was it Ta- Thomas, thanks to Brody. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. yeah. Um, after he was gone. So I'm presuming that that wasn't a very sexual. No, 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 thing. no, no. Because no. I was like 10 or something. You were just drawn time. to him. Yeah, but I like, it was a kind of crush you have as a kid. So I think it was like pretty tame. Um, and then, funnily enough, at first, I couldn't remember any of the crushes I had as a teenage girl, like any of the like real life crushes mm-hmm. but that's because I went to an all-girls school and there was like a neighboring boys school that we were kind of like associated with but I remember even then finding them incredibly disappointing as like male specimens <laughs> and then I remembered that all of my crushes when I was a teenager were on male teachers like all of them <sighs> I, I was you know that girl like when you're I think that age and you don't have any like viable boys like around you um, you just project all of those feelings, all of those hormones onto the men in authority in life. And also, I also had, I think, some quite young male teachers. Like, the ones I'm thinking <clears throat> about were all in their 20s, like, early to mid-20s. Like, they must have just graduated kind of thing. And so you threw them into, essentially, this shark tank of, like, horny teenage girls... <laughs> who don't really get to yeah. hang out with boys in the context. And it was just like, I can remember a couple of them where it was just like rabid, especially as we got to like 15, 16 and like sick form. I can remember having quite ardent crushes on a couple of male teachers. And I think those in my mind, not real life, in my mind were definitely <laughs> of the sexual variety. Um <laughs> Not in real life, but um, yeah, that's, I think, where all that kind of sexual energy went when I was a teenager. And how did that manifest itself? Obviously, you were dreaming about them, thinking about them a lot. What was your actual interaction with them like? So they'd just be teachers, you know, for like classes I had. But I think, and also it was like, all of the girls sort of fancied them. But then Mm. also I think I was like a bit too cool. So I'd be like, God, guys, I don't see it at all. But like... (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm having these like X-rated <laughs> fantasies about them on the train into school. Um, but I think it was, I think I kept it quite, um, I guess, normal. But also by that age, when we were kind of 15, 16, something kind of like sit form. And the things are a bit more informal with your teachers. And there's a bit more like banter and a bit more like talking to you as a bit of an adult, especially when it's like, okay, I'm 16 or 17, you're 24. Obviously, yeah. that is a huge gulf. I know that as an adult, but at the time, it didn't feel like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you're an adult. Yeah, exactly. So there sure. was, and also, I think there was this nugget of hope because, I mean, and this is weird, but none of the teachers that I had a crush on, but there were a couple of male staff at my school who did end up sleeping with sick formers, like, on a yearly basis. Mm. And they were sort of in their 20s. And, like, again, in hindsight, I'm like, that is like inc- incredibly predatory. It's, but at the time, yeah. we were like, well, not me really, but I know there were a couple of girls who were like, so I have a chance. Like, you know, like quite excited by that and would kind of set out to ensnare them on like the final night of sick form when like kind of end up going to the pub with the teachers or whatever, or like leave us balls. Oh my God. It'd be like, right, I'm on it. And there were, yeah, a couple of girls in my year. There was always one girl in every year who hooked up with this specific guy that I'm thinking about who worked at the school which... oh my god and he was he stuck around he stuck around I don't know what he's doing now but he was definitely and I also I think if it was open knowledge amongst the girls there must have been some sort of awareness amongst the teachers yeah surely but oh god and I was thinking yeah because you're 
you're quite a bit younger than me as well. It's actually really depressing that that was going on and like a, a standard thing. Yeah. Because you know what? the That whole build-up of fancy, the idea of the of seducing someone at your leavers ball, like on your last night, that's a really huge thing, like a huge sort of dramatic thing to sort of leave school. And I can see that, that the fantasy of that would be incredible to sort of go, and, and this, this teacher that I've loved for all of this time and we're going to get together. But the truth is that should stay as a fantasy because the reality is not okay. Absolutely. And also I can't imagine that for any of these girls that it kind of, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like I'm like, did it live up to that or did you find it a bit sleazy. Like I think we at that age, you are still quite intelligent um, and kind of attuned and you realise like this is a bit weird and wrong and like why does he want to sleep with a 17-year-old that he's kind of been in this position of authority with? So um, yeah, that is obviously, yeah, that's just quite weird. But I think I wasn't thinking about it in those terms as yeah. like a 32-year-old woman looking back at it now. I was just 15 and horny. And those yeah. were the only kind of moderately attractive. Like, I don't even think I would find them attractive now as an adult, no offense. But at the time, you were like, I'll take what I can get. So, all of my questions yeah, I mean, were teachers. That's one of the arguments against single sex schools, I suppose. <laughs> one of <laughs> many like... arguments, I would say. <laughs> because also... You're really limiting those wank fantasies. Right. And then when I got to uni and a friend of mine always teases me about this. So, you know, not around any boys or whatever, or not really seeing that many impressive boys. And this is also <laughs> kind of the T4 year. So there's like shows like Shipwrecked on. And I thought that when I got to uni, all of the guys were going to be tall, buff, ripped. Like, now I know that they basically cast models in those shows, but that was the only <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. example of like, guys in their late teens early 20s that I really saw and I was like oh god like I'm tired of these boys I can't wait to get myself a real man like when I get to uni and then I walked up to uni I rocked up to Oxford oh, which god, all, gonna be honest, is full of just dweebs and geeks like it's, of course it's, 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 it's yeah. sort of lot guys <laughs> to be fair I don't think there is a ripped university <laughs> I don't think you're getting I always thought it was Bristol <laughs> Bristol and Leeds. Honestly, friends of mine, he went there and they just photos and I was like, I should have gone to Leeds. Um, but instead I turned up to Oxford with all these like boys Lots and like tails and, you know, all of that kind of thing. And I remember on my oh, first God. night, Freshers' Night, and we were in this big marquee and I was looking around and I was like, where are all the hotties? <laughs> <laughs> And I remember it took about. Did a you verbalise that? No, I was just thinking it. But I remember thinking they must be somewhere else. And like maybe this isn't everyone. That was absolutely everyone. Um, and I spent three years asking that question: Where are all the hotties? And sadly, never found them. But like, I think as well. I'm just being a bit mean because I do. I am still friends with a couple of guys who I went to uni with. Um, but I think me and my girlfriends as well. I think they found it preposterous that I had this like expectation of what uni <laughs> was going to be like. Yeah, I, was, I mean, it is a bit preposterous. You know, I thought it was going to be like <laughs> Peter Andre prototypes everywhere. <laughs> and actually it's like, most of them were shorter than me. Um, I'm five foot eight. So I like didn't wear heels the entire time when I was at uni. Because oh. at that age, you still feel conscious of that. And like, I think a lot of them maybe oh, yeah. haven't had their growths, but I don't even know. But like, it was a big letdown. Um, I did find find one or two. I did have a few crushes at uni, but I had to work hard to find them. Yeah, I was going to say, so did you... Because I, I was thinking this, if I'm honest. I mean, it, sometimes, you know, because I'm, I'm an actress and we do, you know, so I do sort of um, bursts of, of work, which is a, it's very intense. And sometimes you do just have to pick someone <laughs> to develop a crush on. And they, you know, sometimes it takes longer... You know, or or not even that you pick them, but it's like, come on, to get some interest here, I need to find someone. You just have to force yourself. No, so you just kind over. of need to. I also think in those kind of, I can imagine. I don't know what it's like on set, but in those kind of confined bubbles, like it's like any workplace crush. And boy, have I had a few of those. But like, yeah, it really is. Things change, and you, if you spend basically, if you spend enough time with someone, you just end up fancying them. And um, yeah, quite early on. 
I developed a crush on this guy and you're gonna have to bleep this out this guy called I spotted him in okay. Freshers Week and he was hot he was tall he was hot really good looking guy oh and so you didn't have to ask him where are the hotties no yeah exactly <laughs> did you say like, oh the hotties here I thought it I thought it and I remember because it's being... a good line I mean I'm sure you'd have been away oh, I don't it. think I was very um I didn't really start flirting with guys until like mm. way into my 20s I think at that age I was very much of the like conceal the crush because you're worried that it will get out and you'll be made oh, fun of or rejected. Yeah, so humiliating. Yeah, so to it was even very much reveal like, that you fancy people. Yeah, so it's very yeah. much like me like great friends and like I remember well like second or third night like, fresh as wheat. So I went out with him, a very good friend, Zenobi, who I'm still really tight with. And the three of us were standing around and I saw what looked like and she's denied it since <laughs> what looked like a frisson of attraction between them. And I just thought I'm getting in there before she can. <laughs> and so I just <laughs> declared the crush. He's mine. So declared <laughs> it to yeah. her, not I, to I, him. I, I, I made it be known that I'm like, yeah, yeah I fancy him. Mine. And she's, she's delighted. She's like, I don't remember there being a vibe. And I was like, there was, there was a vibe because I saw it. And I was like, not gonna, not on my watch. <laughs> um, and so he and I kind of danced around it for like a couple of weeks early on to term. And then, oh, God, I can't, I just, mortifying. Um, and I think there was like a bit of a vibe. And then I remember one night, I was kind of hanging out in my friend's room with some of my girlfriends. And he texts me being like, do you want to come over and listen to some music? And and to this day, I still love John Meyer um, because that was who <laughs> we ended up listening. Yeah, I actually have a soft spot. For, but like we end up, because I think he'd had like two or three albums out. So like, I'd go over and like we'd listen to music in his room. And anyway, he texted me. He was like, do you want to come and listen to some music? And it was like 10 p.m. And it was like, okay, so it's wow. going to happen. Yeah. This is the vibe. And I remember lying on his bed. And we were either like looking, watching something with his laptop or like whatever. And like Both editing. of you on his beds? Yeah. Okay. And there's single still, beds at those. Single beds. You know, that's, you know? uh, yeah. So it's like quite close. And we're edging yeah. closer and closer together. And then eventually, I just, I feel so excruciated, I can't believe I'm having to excavate this memory. But like, eventually, you know, we kiss. Mm-hmm. And I had clearly watched too many movies and films because I immediately like pulled away. And this is someone that I like massively fancied. And I was like, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't want to ruin our friendship. And he was like, yeah, you're probably right. And that was it. Like that uh, was it. And like within a few weeks, he oh like found god. a girlfriend, and I was oh my god gutted. But I've just you know just I was just being dramatic. Yes, you know? and I think it really was a sort of like I mean, how could friends well? We'd know each other for a couple of weeks, but <laughs> yeah. also things do feel quite heightened. I think in that first term, and you think this is kind of the rest of your life. Um, but yeah, after that, he was like, "Yeah, you're probably right," um, and then we just kind of stayed friends. Oh God, that's such a nightmare because because he him saying you're probably right, that is him saying that because he felt rejected, not knowing that you're just wanting a bit more encouragement. Bit of, I guess, like yeah, you know, you're it. right. It's the it's the bloody rom com thing. Yeah, of, um, you want there to yeah you want there to be that frisson. on they want, yeah. want there to be a bit of tension. Yeah, and instead it's like oh right okay oh well if you're not interested yeah, I'll be off enough. then so, bye. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean and that's I a real lesson, isn't that, it? It taught me such a valuable lesson, oh. which is just like not listen or just not treat kind of rom-coms and all of that those kind of romantic rules romantic tropes as in any way relevant to real life like I still yeah. think that now if I'm like tempted to kind of overly romanticize over dramatize something in my head I'm like this is real life not a rom-com oh god that's so painful so wh- who was after bleep so i had a couple of crushes when i was at uni um one and did you was, pursue them was that um yeah some of them i did some of them i did um one of them is quite funny i had a crush on this guy his name is but it's become a quite funny joke amongst me and my friends and i think to an extent him but anyway we sort of i guess had a bit of a crush on each other and i enlisted my best friend Zenobi 
to kind of, so she was quite friendly with his best friend, Will. And I enlisted her. Well, the plan was that Will and Zenaby were going to get me in a together. Now, Will and Zenaby are now married. Oh, wow. And I are not together. So I always <laughs> said to her, I was like, fucked up on that one because <laughs> literally you had one job. But I think they like got closer whilst um, they were like plotting. They'd go to the pub together and the next thing you know, they're dating. But this guy, we did end up like, I think, getting together at one point. Um, but I don't know, nothing really came of it. Like it was just, I think there'd been a lot of hype and pressure. And like, again, at that yeah. age when you were, I guess, 19 and you were in this bubble of uni and like, especially Oxford, like the college system, like in a fishbowl. And so there was so much chatter about it before we'd even hooked up. And like, I'm not even sure, I, I don't even know if we genuinely fancied each other, whether it was all the kind of like, hype and chatter around it like I'm, I'm just speaking for myself here um and it's like fine like I still see him like around and about like every now and then because obviously did you did you talk about it did you talk about the we haven't the talked hype? about it but I think I will that's almost even bring it up but like <laughs> I, I suppose we were talking about the regrets of it but actually what a lovely thing to say I had a crush on you I have a crush on you and then something to happen yeah. that must have been a, a good boost oh yeah I was I was walking around like King of the Roost afterwards. Like, <laughs> did I tell you uh, he and I hit up? Did I literally like pen it on like a bulletin board? I remember I fancied him so much. Um, but yeah, I think that was it for my uni days. And then I got to the world of work, which was <laughs> I had I had like a workplace romance, would probably be putting it too finely. <laughs> Dalliance? Dalliance, lovely. Entanglement. <laughs> These can all mean very different things, though, I'm telling you. Do you mean you shared a few MSN messages? No. Or was it a stationary cupboard situation? (laughs) (laughs) That's the floor, actually, the floor above ours. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, No, what happened? So then I got this job, like my first job out of uni, um, and I was just like covering reception. and, And it was supposed to be for like a couple of weeks. Or it was a couple, it was one week at first, like literally the summer after I left uni. And I remember, I've got, Margaret, I've got a soft spot for the French. I've got to say it. Because, you know, in France, they, they won't were, be considered right. <laughs> super exotic and hot. Exactly. But I mean, it's just the accent. I'm just, I'm done. Yeah. And I'm very aware. It's like my kryptonite. It's a weakness. Yeah. But it's a weakness. Um, and anyway, so I'm working there and this French guy called, he's like, sort of around I kind of clocking him I was like oh god he's a bit nice um but just kind of watching him you know whatever I'm only there for a week I'm not really talking to anyone who actually works in the office I'm just like accepting deliveries in the morning that sort of thing and then like I guess on my last day he kind of swings by and maybe asked me a question or strikes up conversation thinking that I'd kind of started as a permanent person I was like oh no it's actually my last day and he was really like oh that's a shame kind of thing <laughs> You know, just like a bit flustered. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think anything of it. But then later in the summer, they asked me back to cover reception again for like a couple of months. And I ended up actually working there permanently. And so I was like, oh, this French guy. This is, by the way, why I started smoking. I didn't smoke before this. But I realised that he smoked. And so I like... Yeah, you can't just go and turn up. It's how I like fresh air and stand next to the smokers while they're having their... You can't. So it's I too obvious. Like, I'm sure it was quite obvious, at least initially, that I didn't... Were you really bad at smoking? Um, <laughs> like the wrong ends and everything. Yeah, like yeah. Marlboro Reds, you know, like just like the strong... And he'd be like, fucking hell, what are those? Whoa. Like, just <laughs> coughing like... Because I just thought, you know, I think they had the most aesthetic packaging. Yeah, no, they are nice. Um, and so anyway... Bit by bit, you know, going down for smoking breaks and the flirting and the flirting and then like going for drinks together. And then, yeah, but we, you know, had a little dalliance. But the thing about him is I'm fairly certain I didn't clock this till a while in. So I think he had a girlfriend. Oh. Um, but it was all a bit like, oh, we're on again, off again. Oh, we're not seeing it. It was just a little bit. And yeah. I think being 20. 21 and quite naive and just like I just kind of went along with it and actually to be honest it just kind of fizzled out in the end because I think I just got a bit like 
because then we actually ended up having to start working together on projects and we were kind of on opposite sides of I guess on opposite sides and so like the kind of work annoyance over projects was just like oh you know what I don't I don't care like just fuck off and leave me alone like have you, have you missed another deadline yeah like kind of thing <laughs> Um, so that yeah, less attractive yeah, yeah very quickly sapped the romance out of it and then I think it was a bit on and off again whilst I was working there and then after I left I remember him texting me being like oh it's me up and I was like no I'm good but I also think I knew that he was quite cringe because <laughs> and also he was older than me so he was I was like 2021 20, he was like 35 mm-hmm. um, which in hindsight probably not the best. Yeah, tiny red of, flag, I'd say. Bit of a, you know what I mean? But at the time, yeah. I was like, look at me. Oh, yeah. Snare. No, I wouldn't have Just noticed like, me at the time. Older yeah. French guy. And actually now looking back, I'm like, that probably wasn't mm. great. Um, but like, I remember bumping into him and Azara years later. And like, I saw him come in to the shop. It was in Zara. I was like, oh, fuck, I do not want to see him. Do not want to speak to him. So like, I went upstairs and I was like, I'm just going to do laps for about... 20 minutes I'm sure he'll be gone by then he must have clocked me no because I finally went downstairs and he was just waiting there oh, by the God. exit and was really oh, like God. fancy seeing you here and I was just like I was just <laughs> mortified by it because also it was like taking in like what he was wearing and like I was just like I would never have gone for you if we hadn't worked together like he was quite hot but just like the overall vibe of him was just a bit cringe well, as I say, like you have, you're, you're sort of picking someone at your at your work as well, and you know, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because I was thinking about this, how so you see someone and you're not, you know, you're like, oh, all right, and then you get to know them a bit, and it makes them much more attractive, and then you get to know them a lot, and it makes them less attractive. Yeah, it makes and then you like shudder at their touch. But you've had some real classic life lessons <laughs> through your crushes. Do you know what? A life lesson that I have learned: <laughs> two crushes that we don't have time for me to get into is never get on a plane to see a man oh wow okay and both times bad 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 bad, <laughs> oh, bad. no so yeah maybe we can do it. but honestly it's, it's just like one of my life's rules never get oh on. wow i would say the jo- first okay, time just for the man didn't necessarily request that of me so <laughs> i think it's fair That's enough a good lesson he was yeah. a little bit <laughs> shell shocked and it was like in August, and I remember like what flight? How, what flight are we talking? We're not talking like we're talking London the to most anybody has ever spent on a flight to New York from London. <gasps> I spent oh, nine hundred pounds on it. Oh my god! Like, you can't even get for a an unrequested for a, yeah. I was twenty five. Oh god! I know. Um, good lesson though. Except lesson. you made them the same mistake. <laughs> I am a romantic, so I do think it yeah, twice. I get it, yeah. The second time it was a planned thing, but that also ended up being a disaster. I actually wrote about it in my last book. Um, so I can laugh about it now, but at the time it was quite upsetting. Yeah, terrible. I'd flown to like Rome in like the summer to meet up with this guy, and it was just oh. a disaster. But yeah. Oh, God. But yeah, good lesson. I mean, you know, you want to have those stories, eh? That's the... Uh, you know what? I think, though, I think I can be a bit guilty of chasing a story. So yeah. in my head, I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Like, the, the speech at the wedding is going to be like, she trusted her gut and, you yeah. know, she thought, fuck it. But to this extortionate flight with three weeks notice, oh. height of summer to New York and... Now look at us five years later, we're all here. Like, cheers to that, yeah. actually. It just doesn't work out like that. There aren't enough speeches in weddings which talk about how stupid people were about other wrong people. <laughs> you know, going, she she trusted her gut about a lot of other idiots that went very badly wrong and then she ended up with me and aren't I lucky? Exactly. And I think I have one too many people in my life who do have these kind of whirlwind romance stories who were like, go for it, go on, you never yeah. know. And I'm like, well... Enablers, actually, yeah. It's like, rock up in London, I'm broke, not broken. <laughs> Thanks for that. Humiliated, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Was that worth the story? Not it was, sure. actually. Everything Yay, is okay. Everything is copy, exactly. That's why you're a writer. Um, well, we probably should wrap up. I, I'm going to do the maths. I don't know if you know about the maths. Did you do this? The 
L-O-V-E-S. No, I didn't. No. I, I've heard you do this on an episode, yeah. but it's witchcraft. I don't understand it. So, <laughs> well, we it. need so we need the full name. Okay. Do you want to do Thomas Sangster Brody, <laughs> or do you want to pick someone, or, or, or do you want to do Timothy Chalamet? Yeah, go on, do it. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Reach for the stars. Yeah, go on. It's Timothy with two E's. That's <laughs> odd. Uh, okay. <laughs> L. I'm curious as to your methodology. <laughs> well, I'll send you the video. There's a video on Twitter of me showing how to do it. Although my sister, it's so easy, this math. It takes a long time, but it's really... Yes, I know. Well, I've, well, I've found out. And obviously, because people want their, their people to match up with them, this thing has been changed so many times so that you can get a high number. I'm sorry to say that Timothy, Timmy, old Timmy, it's only 47%. So I don't know if you want to get on a plane for him. <laughs> well, it's fine. I think he's actually doing Willy Walker reshoots in London at the moment. So I'll be... Oh, I okay. Just, I just no need needs. to figure out where he's staying um, and engineer <laughs> and meet cute in the lobby. I think that could work. Well, I just can't see this going wrong. So I'm totally going to encourage you. <laughs> I take a Wagba. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Otega. Um, I'd never met her before, but I felt so kindred talking to her. Uh, it was remote, sadly, so I couldn't drag her to the pub afterwards to get the rest of the stories. Um, but Otega, if you are listening, I'm well, well up for that. Um, and I won't make you record it if you don't want to. Um, if you're listening and you're not a taker, thank you very much. Uh, you've got right to the end, which is, as people say, gold status. Um, if you are MacFest this weekend, as in in two days time, um, please do come to the show. It's on Sunday evening. I can't wait to do it. I think it's going to be a lovely, lovely thing. And our guest, Eleanor Morton, is fabulous. And uh, even though I've never met her, I'm really looking forward to humiliating her. So, yeah, go to Twitter, go to Substack, um, you know, find the energy to be a good listener <laughs> in all ways because being a good listener you know so much of the time it means taking on board what your children are saying but actually what I mean by it is you know be be a bit proactive pull your finger out uh, I'll stop talking now thank you very much bye <laughs> Listening to Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith, hosted by Margaret Caborn Smith and produced by Victoria Lloyd and Lindsay Fenner for Mighty Bunny Productions. If you can bear it, please like, subscribe, rate, and give us a nice review as it helps me feel better about my life choices. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.